0: Hi and a big welcome to another episode of Laughter and Lunges with your hosts Catherine and Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us today.
1: We would love it if you could rate, follow and share the podcast so that it can reach even more ears. Here's today's episode. Just
0: keen beans. How are you Sarah?
1: I am doing very well thank you. All the better for seeing your lovely little face this evening. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, had a good weekend. Chilled Saturday, partly
0: productive Sunday. I feel like I quite enjoy having a little bit of productive time on a Sunday to ease me into a new week. Like, that's, that's always a winner. And
1: you were away on holiday, weren't you? I was. I was in Norfolk for the weekend. Well, I say the weekend. We went on Thursday and came back, like, last night. So, yeah. Yeah. A long weekend, a short weekend, normal weekend, whatever an, we were an early weekend, weekend. <laughs> an early weekend, that's what I wanted, <laughs> but yeah, it was really nice, like the weather was gorgeous, so it was because yeah, like we're along the coast, and the wind can be quite bracing at times, but we even looked out with that. The weather was like really um yeah, it was nice, lots awesome. of walks, Good. How many steps did you get in oh so man um you- even a lot? Coming. No, I mean, my phone does count. I think like around, I mean, Faisal would probably scoff at my step count. Like, <laughs> he's like, I've done that by 10am. But I think on Friday, like over 30,000. Nice. Um, we did quite a lot. I think about, we walked about 18 miles, I think, on Friday. So yeah, like a lot of steps and I decided to wear, stupidly wear like new shoes like that was their first out in so that was also fun <laughs> I hope there's not a load of blisters <laughs> no do you know what surprisingly not like they're the barefoot shoes and I haven't got any blisters but I still don't think they fit. <gasps> great, so.
0: they're not the ones with the toes are they Sarah no not the
1: toes they're, oh my god barefoot? I was like I was like
0: I don't know you I don't know who you are anymore
1: <laughs> no no i haven't got any of those aren't they vibrams? those the ones with the toes yeah potentially yeah oh
0: nice mug oh thank you friend are you matching i don't have any mug with me i don't have uh, any liquids you've just of got me, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh, this is
1: um... where
0: we're at on a sunday oh gosh anyway we have we have some awesome questions don't we week one of empowered innate ticked off everybody is doing brilliantly it's so good to see everybody getting engaged and involved in the group whether that is celebrating something that's gone really well that week or something that you've struggled with so it's been excellent to see you guys participating in the group and like sharing your struggles and advice as well I think that's one thing that's really stood out for me this week is that everybody gets involved and is so helpful and shares their experiences and is so supportive of other people in the group and that's that's exactly what we want like we envisioned when
1: we created Empowered and Eight. Agreed. Yeah. It's been awesome. I messaged you, didn't I, saying mm-hmm. just how just how amazingly supportive the group is. I yeah, I love it. And just it's it's a pleasure to be surrounded by you all, really. Aren't we lucky? We are very lucky. So yeah, I really just second what you say there. It's been really nice seeing everyone get involved in the group for whatever reason whether they've wanted to share like something that's gone well something that maybe not gone so well or just asking for advice or just general chit chat recommending like things to watch or things to read it's been an awesome first week
0: delightful okay should we fire on with some questions we do have quite a few don't we so we're going to get through as many as we can do
1: yes let's go for it would you like me to read them you can. Shall I? Shall I read them? Should we? Do you know what? Should we do it like one week? I'll read them next week. You read them. Yeah, let's do let's, that. Let's Hopefully, we we'll remember who's done which week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm going to read the monologue that we have first. <laughs> hey there. Hi there. Ho there. This person
0: has definitely written this on purpose because they know that we use the question, or we like have it as a auto cue. We just
1: read anything that's there, and I'm definitely going to read all of this one because I feel it will give us context. I was away for a long weekend and knew I was going to be meeting friends on Sunday evening for a couple of beers, so I was very mindful about my food over the rest of the weekend to account for the calories. I still have a fat loss goal and making good progress. And as I'm now not tracking, I'm never entirely sure where I'm at with the numbers. The morning after I got home, I weighed and was one pound down from the previous week. So I knew I couldn't have overcooked my intake. Was that pun intended? Who knows? However, I felt during the day that I was underfueled, So had what I suspect was a day of either top range or maintenance calories. Still a guess because still not tracking. This is my long rambling way of getting to a question, which is, is this behavior okay? Is this ultimately what maintenance would look like? Or is there something unhealthy underlying that behavior? I can't really remember what maintenance would look like now, as I've been in a surplus for years before then a deficit. So there's quite a few bits to this question. I think a few
0: things to kind of maybe separate out and talk about separately (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't think of another word there (laughs) separately twice um and kind of I think firstly part of the question you asked whether like this behavior is okay um and I think you're basing that on you know planning ahead for later on in the weekend when you knew you were going out for some drinks and you know saving calories even though you're not calorie counting you know you're you're being mindful and you're maybe make, cutting back in some places so that you have the allowance and the flexibility to include a couple of beers. So if you think about, you know, like a pint of ale um or like stout, for example, can be anything between like 150 to 250 calories. If you have a having a couple of those, that's upwards of 500 calories, which for some people who are in a deficit could be what, like a third just under a third of their total daily calorie allowance. So I think, first of all, your intention behind kind of saving calories for those beers was really well placed. You know, you're being mindful and you're planning ahead and you're you're allowing yourself to be flexible. And I don't know whether you've watched the mindset video about restriction, but um, I spoke about this within the video and kind of what the research tells us is that you've got kind of two types of constraint you've got flexible constraint which is the good type and you have rigid constraint which is generally we consider to be like the bad type where you don't have any flexibility you label foods as good or bad and you kind of don't give yourself permission to eat in certain foods because you see them as bad for example um and if you eat those foods you then cut back so what we ideally want you guys practicing, whether you are in maintenance, whether your goal is fat loss, whatever your goal is, we want you to be flexible with your food choices, whether or not you're tracking. And we know that flexible constraint is associated with lower BMI scores as well. And it's also associated um, with less like instant gratification seeking behaviors too. So all of those things there are good. And if they're allowing you to, I suppose, act in line with your goals and act in line with your values, whether that's maybe like health or spending time with your friends at the pub, having a couple of pints, then great. I think, I think what you've done there is excellent.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I think that's the part as well, where we're talking about still having a fat loss goal as well. So being mindful then of, that overall calorie sort of intake and I guess as we always talk about the calorie balance equation so calories in but also calories out as well I think in terms of is the behavior okay always comes down to the intent behind it and the feelings behind it as well so for us to answer that and give you a definitive is really difficult because we're not in your head or Making that decision with you, but if it's something that you felt you were making with ease, and as Catherine said, kind of fits in with feeling that more flexible side of kind of using your calories how you want to, as opposed to feeling like that dichotomous thinking of good or bad or right or wrong, then yeah, that behavior is fine. You know, if that's if that's feeling like it's fine for you, then that behavior is okay. And in terms of maintenance. And whether this looks like maintenance in terms of thinking this way, it's really individual, I would say, because with this example, we're looking at a very sort of discrete timescale sort of week to week and over like a weekend. And in terms of maintenance, we're not looking in such short, small timescales. We're looking for a longer period of time. So we might be looking at months or even over a whole course of a year. And if we're looking in that longer period of time and we're looking at maintenance, it might be that we don't really make any changes. We don't really account for those extra calories at the weekend because we're looking at a longer period of time. We know actually that our appetite's maybe going to ebb and flow throughout the week, throughout the months, throughout the year, that that one weekend might not have a massive impact then in terms of our weight maintenance over that longer period of time. But with this example that you've given us, you're mentioning that you've got a fat loss goal, so that's something then that you're taking more into account is that total number of calories that you're intaking and I guess expending as well over that shorter period of time. But with maintenance, we would be looking at a longer period of time, so these kind of little um these kind of weekend actions from time to time are going to have less of an impact on our maintenance over a longer period of time. I thought you were going to be like, does
0: that make sense? I, know, I could, I I could see, see it. it in your face.
1: <laughs> I stopped. It was there in my head, but it didn't It didn't come out. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I didn't have to call you out. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it did make sense. Thank you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's such a good point, is thinking about it over a longer course of time. And I'm not going to repeat everything that Sarah has just said, because that was incredible. Um, And I think, you know, the other thing is that the way that you are measuring your, you know, your goal at the minute is fat loss. Um, And like you have identified, there might be some weeks where an isolation that week sees you in maintenance where your energy in is equal to your energy out. And that's in the space of a week. And you may see that impacted on the scales. You may not. You may see the scales move in a downward direction. You may, may see them move in an upward direction. They may stay the same. We know how fickle the scales are when it comes to measuring fat loss. So again, I suppose kind of going to your back to your point about, you know, I don't really know whether I'm in maintenance or not because I've only ever tracked when I'm in a deficit or when I'm in a surplus. What's, what's the data doing over a longer period of time? If we're not tracking, remember that those, the, the tracking is kind of like equates to habits. So although we don't have the numbers there, you know, what habits you're putting in place week in, week out, because you're reflecting on them regularly with us in your check-ins, you know, you're ticking off certain habits and you have some sort of structure. Now, if you see the, the data changing over time, I weeks and months, then you know, okay, maybe I need to make some tweaks. So maybe I can't afford to have two pints every other weekend or every weekend. Maybe I just cut that down to one or a half pint, for example. Um, so, you know, does, it's about making little tweaks. And the other thing I wanted to mention as well was, I know your one of your goals is moving away from tracking, but remember it's a tool in the background. It's something that we can pull out of our pocket. If you ever want to use it for a few days or for a week, almost to kind of audit what your actual calorie intake is. If you want to have a look at what you're intaking and maybe your portion sizes have gone up or anything like that, it can be a way to kind of check in on those habits and realign them with what your goal is and then move back away from it again. So it doesn't mean because you've moved away from tracking, you're never going to use it again. It's a tool there. You can use it. There's no shame in going back to it at all for, you know, a few days, for example.
1: Agreed I think that's it isn't it it is something that you've always got at your disposal and sometimes that's really helpful almost doing that audit whether it's for a few days or even a week if you are noticing that things are going in a direction that you're not happy with and maybe you're unsure of where that extra calories are coming from then something like using that as a as a tool can be really helpful to just realign and sometimes it's just the the part of actually stopping to put things in or to think again about, okay, well, I want to get this amount of protein in or I want to make sure I'm hitting fruit and veg to just give it that little bit more thought that is often the really helpful part as opposed to even the numbers because it's something that you've done for so long previously. It's that kind of pause and and giving it just a little bit more attention than maybe you've felt you've needed to for a while, so yeah, it's something you can always come back to
0: absolutely, yeah. The other thing that I noticed you mentioning, not you, Sarah, but the person that asked the question was feeling under-fueled. And I'm not sure if you were highlighting highlighting this as the unwanted behavior. I'm not quite sure. Um, But I think, like, there, if this is something that's happened in isolation and it's not happening regularly... I wouldn't be worried about it at Mm. all. If it's one day out of the last two or three months that you've noticed, okay, maybe I used up my calories, um, having some drinks, and then it meant that I didn't have enough leftover in my meals to fuel me up for my workouts, for example, or for my walks, then something to consider. But I don't think
1: you necessarily need to take any action on it unless it's happening more frequently than that. Agreed, because it could be a multitude of things that are impacting that. Again, if you've had a few drinks, then maybe that's why you're feeling maybe less energized uh, than usual. But like everything else that we do, it's always about collecting more kind of data as opposed to looking at things in isolation. So, yeah, agree with what you've said, really.
0: Awesome. And if we haven't answered your question clearly or you're still not quite sure, then just ask it again another way and we are more than happy to explain
1: I don't know why it took me so long to think (laughs) of the word explain it felt like about one minute it was I enjoyed the cliffhanger what what is she gonna (sighs) say next (laughs) oh my gosh something quite embarrassing happened I don't know shall I tell this story You've started now, you've got well, like,
0: to finish. I kind of feel a bit bad. And if Hannah's watching live, she's going to be like, oh no, I know what this is about. So Hannah and I were walking around Edinburgh City Centre earlier. We were walking from the gym to the coffee shop to just go and do some work. We we're across, were we like waiting to cross the road. We were at a pedestrian crossing. There were a load of people waiting with us and then people across the road. And you know, just sometimes you just don't have a filter. I didn't have a filter. And the traffic started to go past on the road and this like the lead car was this like white like SUV whatever there was a lady like driving the wheel <laughs> driving behind the wheel and she was like picking her nose she like had like her finger up her nose while she was driving past and most people would just be like okay I saw that that's fine I looked at Hannah and Hannah looked at me and we both noticed this ha- this happening <laughs> and I was like oh my god that lady's picking her nose and I said it out loud and I was absolutely mortified by my my behavior (laughs) that's just a confession right there oh so if you're that lady
1: listening I'm really sorry did anyone look I don't think so that's always the thing when people look at you when you do something like that I mean she was
0: she was driving past so we only saw her momentarily and then she was gone (laughs) it wasn't like she was waiting in like a queue of traffic with her windows open oh imagine that's even worse Oh gosh,
1: I'm a bad person. Anyway, <laughs> confession over. Let's move on. Okay this this question you've already answered, but we can you can just cover it. How are the kittens? Ah, oh, the kittens <laughs> are amazing. They
0: follow us around. Cricket has now learned to play fetch as well, so both of them play oh, fetch. They're like
1: amazing. little dogs. Um, <laughs> they're good. Yeah, bundles of joy. Excellent. And the next question then would be (laughs) (laughs) what would both of your top tips for new members starting here with a weight loss goal be? So top tip for new members with a weight loss goal.
0: I wrote down three because I didn't have one top (laughs) one. Um, So I apologize for that. And these are in, I'm going to tell you my first one and it's in no specific order whatsoever. The first one was about separating weight loss and fat loss from each other and seeing them as kind of separate entities similar to what I mentioned a few minutes ago was seeing you know the scales move and how fickle they are and that they might not actually properly portray the fat loss outcome you know you may have had a really great week and hit all your targets and we know because you hit those targets that yeah you're creating an environment where fat loss is happening but the scales haven't said that fat loss is happening i think that is such an important thing to remind yourself of and we created a resource um that explains it, it i find it it will probably be quite helpful for you because it it explains all the different things that can impact um weight gain weight loss so basically what the number on the scale says everything that can impact that not just whether we're losing or gaining fat. I think that's like one key thing for me, particularly if you have um, a fat loss goal.
1: Such a good point about, yeah, the difference between the two and trying not to get so hung up by that number on the scale. I think that sort of links in, I have gone with one top tip because I think there is so many that I could select and I'll probably agree with all of yours, but I guess mine is, Focusing less on the outcome and more on sort of the process or the the inputs. I always liked when you said that before about focusing on the inputs as opposed to like the output um I might have just completely ruined that, and that wasn't what you said, but essentially focusing on that on the process and not worrying too much about what that number says on the scale because we know that if you're following those kind of targets and and doing those habits then that's what's going to get you results. So as you sort of said there about hopping on the scale, that might tell you one thing, yet you know actually I've been ticking these things off that we've said place your efforts in these places and this is what's going to help you to get results. And that scale can take a while for for it to fall in line with you putting that effort in. And if we focus purely on what that outcome measure is, then we might feel disheartened we might feel like it's not working we might decide to give up obviously if you're in this group you won't because we've got that fantastic resource and you've got access to the fantastic members within the group and me and Catherine who are fantastic, fantastic as coaches. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know we can be there to kind of say look you, you are doing everything right just stick with it and that pro that progress will come but I think having that sort of focus of knowing right okay I'm placing my efforts in the right places and that outcome will take care of itself if I'm doing that so not getting sort of so hung up on on that outcome measure. Totally yeah if you
0: give up or if you gave up let's create a hypothetical situation if you gave up every time the scales did something that you didn't like you would never reach your fat loss goal so
1: don't let that be you. Here, here. Mm-hmm. Would on, you hit, like- us, hit us with your next one. top tip go on um,
0: my next top tip is to watch the mindset series you don't have to sit and watch it all in one go because there are there's not including the introduction there's eight different videos that we've recorded and they vary in length from like four or five minutes to 15 minutes when sometimes I've been talking for too long. So (laughs) definitely work through those. Even if, say, for example, you give yourself one to watch per week um, and even sit and make some notes on it and have a reflex and think about, okay, I've, you know, Sarah said this thing about this certain mindset topic or this thinking error or this bias that I might feel. Is that something that I tend to experience? Is that something that will sometimes hold me back? And if it is, you know, journal on it, write about it. And I think the more that we become aware of those different thinking errors, which is kind of what we base the mindset series on, the better we can then counteract them and work against them. And the better we can make progress towards our goals. So certainly like sit and watch those if you haven't already. One at a time, take your time, re-listen
1: to them, Rewatch them as many times as you like. I think as well there'll be someone there that you might relate to more than others and make a note of that make a note of what it is that you relate to the most and as Catherine said revisit that because they're the things then that we know okay you might feel like I know that I know that I fall into this trap but actually if we are falling into that trap sometimes watching something or listening to something or reading the notes that you might have already made on that particular sort of and helpful thinking style can be really helpful at the time for us to get out of that cycle of thinking as well so make a list of what you found most useful and revisit them Mm -hmm. and also if you have any more
0: questions coming off of those write them down and ask them to us ask them in the group ask them ask for us to talk through them in the podcast if there's anything that you're not sure on or you would like us to dive in a little bit deeper then we're here to do that Agreed.
1: Yeah. Love talking, talking all things mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the last top tip for beginners on a fat loss journey.
0: M- notice how I said fat loss and not weight loss. Um, and we cover this in um, the mindset series is perfection and impatience and working against those two things. Cause they're often things that
1: we see people struggling with. Agreed. Yeah when I was thinking of my top tip I was definitely thinking of sort of perfectionism but also progress over Mm. perfection as well and one of the thing I probably would like to add so also cheating now but is to use the group you know to reach out in the group because again you've mentioned about new members starting here well here you're not on your own and I think that's one of One of many of the best benefits of this group is the fact that you're never on your own. If there's something that you're struggling with or something you want to celebrate, then reach out in the group. We're here for all of it. And I think that would be one of my top, top tips for new members here because we've got your back. We gave you about four top, 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 top tips. So, I know you're very welcome because <laughs> we just love talking about top tips mm-hmm. and the mindset series I think is such a good shout because a lot of the things that would be top tips would be covered within the mindset series and again that's something that you get here so I think yeah that's a really good really good one Catherine. Thanks Sarah, Sarah No chops. worries. Okay so next. final final question of the the trio of questions here is water intake how much do we need to drink thank you
0: you're welcome
1: imagine we just <laughs> moved on <laughs> yeah yeah thank you and good day <laughs> just hung up the call i love a water question i think um it is really interesting actually because there is ge- generic Guidelines isn't there for water intake, which is usually about eight glasses of water a day. Which I always love because I don't think it tends to specify the the size of the glass. I was just thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> I mean, I probably do drink about eight of those a day. I probably is that not do. a pint glass? It is. Yeah, I do drink a lot of water, but I do get migraines, and if I don't drink a lot of water, I I am prone to migraines. But I think generally, you want to just be drinking to thirst, you know, you your body is very good at kind of maintaining the status quo and doing what it needs to kind of help you function at your best. I would say if you're someone who does tend to rush around without having a drink, carrying a bottle of water with you to sip on throughout the day can be really helpful. And, but generally, yeah, I think I do think following sort of the eight glasses a day is probably not a bad shout. But for some of you, you might need slightly less. Obviously, if you're exercising, you might need slightly more. Um, and there are there are specific equations to work that out as well in terms of how much water you've lost through sweat during training. Um, but I think for most people, we don't need to get that specific. I think making sure that you have water with you and that you can sip on so that you're not getting dehydrated i think if you're noticing that you're getting like a lot of headaches migraines in my case or you know you're losing concentration then my first two things would be like am i eating enough or am i drinking enough and if you're noticing that a lot then yeah maybe you do need to be a bit more mindful of your water intake but generally drinking to thirst is is probably my main bit of advice
0: yeah, I totally agree. I would I would never actually give anybody a specific water intake target, like X number of liters or X number of glasses, because everybody is different. Everybody is, you know, is a different size body. Therefore, they are made up of different, um, like, amounts of water and different blood volumes. Um, but I think Sarah is really, like, right there. Drink to thirst. I quite like, as a bit of guidance, particularly this is helpful with like mindful eating as well is to have a glass of water or squash something similar with every single meal that you have so when you sit down you have a meal you also have a glass of water with it and you sip on the glass of water between mouthfuls i think that can be a really helpful way to get you to slow down when you eat and also to hydrate you so you kind of get a double whammy there um what I would say is, you know, you can also monitor the color of your pee, your urine. Yes. So if that's a, a lighter color, a lighter yellow, then you know that you're adequately hydrated. If you notice that usually when you pee, it's a dark yellow or like a dark brown, you're likely not getting enough fluids. So up your water intake, up your fluid intake. And that's another thing as well. You don't just get fluids or water from drinking water from the tap you know bottled water that can come from your food as well fruits and vegetables generally will contain a lot of water if you've made pasta think about the fact that you boil the pasta in water it soaks up water that goes into your body and your body extracts the water and uses it so it isn't just about getting water from the from glasses of water that you're drinking tea can count coffee can count i know that some of these things act as a diuretic and they make you pee more but it's still you know, you're taking on water. So also factor that into the not actual equation, but into the equation. Um The other thing I was going to mention is, you know, particularly because quite a few of our clients are perimenopausal, um, even postmenopausal is that they may find that they have less bladder control. You know, you may have a weak pelvic floor, in which case, You would probably want to avoid drinking too much later in the day because it might mean, you know, you might be listening to this thinking, oh, my God, I need to up and like up my water intake. It's now five o'clock. You might then go away and drink a ton of water and then be up like having to get up overnight and pee loads. So if you do find that you wake up in the night multiple times to have to go to the toilet, then. I would give yourself a bit of a cut off and say, you know, after 8 p.m., you know, I go to bed at half 10. After 8 p.m., I'm going to make sure I don't drink anymore. And then as soon as I get up the next morning, I'll have a glass of water to start my day just to hydrate myself because you've gone for, what, like seven,
1: eight hours without drinking. Um, so yeah, that would be my guidance. Amazing. Nothing to nothing to add from me on that one. Although I forgot Good. about the old uh, wee color chart thing very very yeah. helpful i'm sure uh, you can just google it like you're in color chart and it will, yeah there, there of, is and i yeah i'm going to tell you something later about that that's <laughs> not for the podcast oh you're not going to tell um, it now. i can't oh, no i can't now okay, okay. um sorry sorry everyone. <laughs> swiftly moving on <laughs> um our next question traveling across time zones is always an overeating the junk food usually crisps or rice cakes trigger as i graze for hours then end up realizing how much i ate when i feel gross after landing this is an ideal especially if i have to work that day any tips to stay on track travelling i'm heading to paris from my home in the us next week and the 6 hour time zone change is stressing me out food wise thank you wow how US, awesome is that us to paris yeah that's so cool that is really cool um so I was, guess...
0: I, I was going to say something I can't remember what it was though I love I love that this person is asking this question because they're saying it makes when they make those few choices it makes them feel rubbish for work mm-hmm. and actually they want to change this behavior because they know it makes them feel better I just wanted to point that out I thought that was awesome
1: yeah definitely uh, focusing on how they feel and how they want to show up mm-hmm. I think is really important I think even that writing it down and having that reflection on how that and make us feel is a really helpful process and some one of the other reasons why in check-ins we will cover questions around like how you rate your nutrition and why you rate it like that because reflecting on that what how we've eaten and how that makes us feel is a really really useful process
0: mm-hmm. agreed yeah. um do you want to go first yeah
1: why not (laughs) no it's fine (laughs) so I think for me like firstly I would say you know you've mentioned in this about kind of overeating the junk food as a trigger because you're kind of grazing for hours um so I would say if it's possible can you maybe not graze so swap the grazing for having more of a, a proper meal so what I mean by a proper meal is something that's including you know more of the major food groups so looking at something with like maybe proteins carbs and fats have I missed anything no but looking at even sort of something that's going to keep you leaving leave you feeling fuller for longer so difficult to say that sometimes so (laughs) could you swap sort of the grazing for something that you know you've got a higher protein intake maybe with some fruits or some veggies and you know something that's going to sustain you for that period of time as well and again if if it's not possible to get maybe a meal to take on the plane with you or it is going to have to be more snacks then can we again look at snacks that are going to sustain you for longer too and, and not leave you sort of feeling sort of gross to use to, to to use your words or sort of lethargic and tired so can you opt again for maybe sort of higher protein? snacks so whether that's a protein shake or maybe it's some kind of meat to snack on with a side of fruit or again like veggie sticks you tend to get usually in the like airport lounges and stuff in the shops there they tend to have things like that um so i think focusing more on that almost like instead of trying not to eat and then grazing can we look at making that meal that you're having more of a meal and to sustain you for that longer period of time
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm totally with you on like the changing up the foods that you're choosing to eat. If it's possible, you know, you're not getting up at 3, 4, 5am to go and catch your flight. And okay, it may be the case at this time you are, but there might be other times where you're catching a flight later in the day. Can you make sure that before you leave to go to the airport, you have a proper meal, whether that's breakfast, it's lunch, it's dinner, whatever it is, have a proper meal and make yourself feel nice and full to so a comfortable point before you actually leave to go to the airport then you're not arriving at the airport getting through check-in getting through security mm. coming out the other side of that feeling starving where you know that sometimes or well, quite often at airports there'll be rubbish choices in food you know there's fast food everywhere there's maybe you know junk food like you say okay can you actually then end up arriving at the airport not feeling like you need to pick at these foods because you feel satisfied the other thing is like make yourself a packed lunch to take on the plane with you I, I always used to think that like you couldn't make your own sandwiches or bring Same. your own food through because security would take it off of you because they think it was like a bomb or something <laughs> <laughs> ham sandwich bomb just don't um, take soup I think
1: Nothing yeah, if it's, not, if it's
0: not a liquid create yourself something to take with you and airplane food is absolutely pants mm. it's disgusting I mean if you like airplane food then good on you but it's <laughs> I found it vile and whenever I go on a flight I haven't actually like made myself a packed lunch before to take with me but I'll make like a an in-between choice a compromise at the airport where I'm like Sarah has suggested, try and pick something that's got protein in it. Can I get a bit of fruit? Is there like a fruit or veg snack pack that I can get and take with me? So try and control your environment as much as you can under the circumstances. That's going to automatically help and it's going to help you feel fuller and more satisfied. The other thing I was going to mention is it can be really easy to go and pick loads of junk food before you then go on the plane and eat that as something to do. Can you make sure that you have something to do on the plane? whether that's reading whether it's doing some work um having an app can you make sure that you're nice and comfortable if it's an overnight flight that you can maybe get some shut eye so have a think about how you use your time on the flight i think she said it's 6 hours in total so you know that's a fairly significant time frame to be on a flight for um yeah
1: yeah i wasn't sure if the flight was 6 hours or there was going to be a 6 hour time zone difference maybe oh, when yeah. when she arrives as well so i think about that as well I don't know like where the shift will be kind of when you arrive as well in terms of the time of day but judging it really on how tired you are what your next day looks like but trying to get back into a normal routine as Mm -hmm. soon as possible so eating regularly throughout the day so if you arrive and it's really late and somehow you've missed out on a meal because of the time zone difference again can you have something that's like maybe a snack before you go to bed so you're not going to be waking up extremely hungry again the next day but then getting straight into a routine of sort of regular eating that's going to serve you best while you're there so kind of bringing your home life habits with you as you go away as well I think is really really helpful.
0: Agreed and let us know how you get on and safe travels to Paris.
1: Yeah we. Oui. that's that's about where I'm at. Okay. Bonjour. <laughs> Final, final question. Time for the final question. Yeah, let's go for it. 20 to 25 minutes of weights a day concentrating on a body part five days a week okay? I felt like there was a lot of numbers in that for my little head. (laughs) Rather than an hour in the gym three days. So essentially, can you do 20 to 25 minutes of weights per day focusing on body part split rather than an hour three days?
0: Yeah. I, from like Sarah's and mine perspective, we want you to be able to fit exercise into your life. And if you can't fit three one hour sessions or four 90 minute sessions into your week, then yeah, reduce the time. Maybe Definitely. you're doing them at home as well and you you can't make it to the gym because it takes even longer to get to the gym. Then absolutely. Again, it's counteracting that perfectionist mindset of uh, all or nothing like oh, if I can't do three times a week for an hour in the gym, then I may as well not even do anything. That's absolutely not true. um When it comes to your question about the body part split, the only thing I would say would be it depends what you make that split look like. Now, if say for example, I don't know, you do so. You, I think you said six times a week. Was it five? Five, five times a week, twenty to twenty-five minutes you might be thinking now I'm going to do one session is glutes and quads. Another is back and hamstrings. Another is shoulders. Another day is arms and another day is chest. For example, what that isn't offering you is hitting those different muscle groups more than once a week. Ideally what like based on the sessions that we've written in the app, we get you hitting different muscle groups more than once a week, sometimes like three times a week if we can. So I would just be mindful of how you do split that up and ideally per muscle group we want you to be hitting you know 10 sets at least a week and the way that you can split that up across your five sessions is maybe you alternate upper body lower body or you alternate full body push and full body pull and if you're not sure what I mean, by each of those things, just ask in the group and we can explain sort of the jargon around that and how you might want to actually structure those sessions. And I would say, you know, you can get a lot done in 20 to 25 minutes. Reduce the faffing, reduce the rest time, alternate, say, upper lower exercises so that you don't need to add as much rest, create like a circuit, particularly at home. This is quite easy to do. So you might, for example, pick five different exercises, two of those are lower body two of them are upper body and one of them is a core exercise and you have them in a circuit back to back. Once you've gone through each of those five exercises, you rest and then you go again. You could probably fit three, four, maybe even five rounds of that in. And that is adequate enough. And you can do that several times a week. Great. That's awesome.
1: Agreed. I think going back to your first point, really about, so again, the structure I agree completely with, I would have said the same. But I think it is it is getting out of that mindset of it all needing to look a certain way for it to be worthwhile. And this is where it goes from, again, we talk about sometimes about what might be optimal to then what's realistic. And it's taking that science of what's optimal to then, okay, well, what's optimal slash realistic for me, given the time, given the commitment I have. And the fact that you can fit in 20 to 25 minutes 5 days a week i think is is really awesome and it shows that you're prioritizing this where you can and that's that's what's going to get you the results being able to do something that you can do consistently over a longer period of time as opposed to saying well i can get to the gym for an hour 3 days this week but then actually i might not be able to go for a few weeks because everything's so busy making it fit for what you can be consistent with is what's going to get you those results so Absolutely. And you get a lot of benefit from that first bit of the time in a session anyway. Generally, when our energy is higher, we're going to be able to put a lot more effort and sort of um, power into those first few exercises. So managing to do that and kind of arriving at those sessions for that 20, 25 minutes and giving it your all is going to give you a lot of bang for your buck.
0: Agreed. I love how you added the point about giving it your all as well. And what you might want to do is give yourself a little bit of time to, if you're just starting out or if you're somebody listening, who's just starting out, give yourself a little bit of time to adapt to the structure of the workouts and the exercises that you might not have done in a while, or you might not have ever done before. And then you can kind of concentrate on giving it your all and actually working closer to failure, which is I would say a lot more achievable within a shorter session um, if you're doing, you know, a 90 minute session or an hour session and you're trying to work close to failure or to fatigue in every single set, that's a lot harder to do than it is within a 20, 25 minute time frame. Um, so yeah, you've got those elements. Make sure you're hitting each muscle group at least twice a week and aim for at least like 10 sets. I don't know why I had to hold up my fingers there to show 10. You know how count to count 10. <laughs> count them, read them and weep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like get that in, work hard and fit it into your life. Great. You're onto a winner.
1: Agreed. And as always, just reach out if you're not sure about, as Catherine said, how to structure those workouts best for you, given the time. We are more than happy to help.
0: We are indeed. Amazing. That's the last of the
1: questions. Yeah. Wow. I didn't think we were going to get through them all. I know. We, We have blitzed it. Sunday night achieved oh love it amazing we oh you go first I was just gonna say oh no nothing actually I just I'm getting ahead of myself it's first check-ins next week or this week coming however you want to look at it so on Thursday you will be able to submit your check-ins so please do keep us abreast of what's been going on for you over the last couple of weeks and the more detail you give us the better because the better we can support you then as well
0: agreed and then on week three we have a group call so Sarah and I will be putting up a poll in the group a poll a poll pool I always get you
1: to say that because I always struggle to say that word so that that (laughs) was where my mind was going I thought I'll let Catherine say that one (laughs) but we will be putting up a poll in the group so that as a group you
0: guys can decide um when we meet up for the group call which will be the first one of this round which is very exciting we'll have some new faces in the call um we quite like so the last time we did a call we had a topic didn't we so we're going to do the same again this time we're going to go in with a topic so we'll let you know what that topic is when we announce the time of it so you've got a little bit of thinking time beforehand and we don't just spring the topic on you great yeah it's
1: always pretty cool i really enjoyed hearing the last time the topic was what motivates me, mm. essentially. And it was really cool hearing everyone's different motivators for kind of health and fitness, but just generally in in the wider world as well. So we will come back with another topic. I think it's just really helpful hearing everyone's different sort of views and perspectives. And yeah, different things will resonate as well that maybe we haven't thought of. And it it's mm. quite a helpful reflection in that sense, too.
0: Is, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice vibe, isn't it? And we get to we it's a bit of chat as well. We, it's not all just health and fitness. We talk about what we've been up to at the weekend and plans and hobbies and things like that. So it's yeah, just, what Car has been baking
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh, oh maybe something <laughs> uh, Christmas oriented this time. Oh,
1: yeah, maybe. we're it expecting big things, soon. Cara. On that note, I did have my first mince pie yesterday of Ooh. the season. Do you have your mince pies hot or cold? This was cold. This was uh, in, a, in a coffee shop. So it was just just cold. Um, generally how it, how it gets um, served to me, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, it was a delight to see your face. And, and thank yours. you very
1: much for your awesome brain. And yours. And thank you to everyone for tuning in live. It is always delightful to have you with us. Love you lots and we shall see you guys in the group.
0: Bye. Goodbye.